We are two friends trying to gain perspective on the remarkable world around us. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Mackenzie DeMaio. And this is Friends Fascinated. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to review and subscribe. This episode, we are going to deep dive into body language. This week's topic feels extra, I guess, obvious to us this week, just with everything going on. Um, So this topic was actually suggested by my friend Carl, gosh, months ago, um, back when it wasn't quite as, uh, I guess, an obvious (laughs) and prevalent topic. So it's always been something on my mind that we wanted to do. But now, um, with everything going on and social distancing and, you know, having to be roughly six feet away from people some you know just the idea of body language feels more important and you notice more when things are a little bit off or different yeah and i've noticed in our past couple episodes it's been nice to like talk about current events but i think it'll be important to our listeners to know we are recording this on march 27th yes 2020 Yes. So, so we're behind the time in a couple days. <laughs> yes, as we've learned, you know, things as of last week are completely different than things now. So yes, they change day to day and minute by minute. Yep. So who knows? Who stinking knows? But we do know that right now, a lot of things people are like self quarantining and staying mm-hmm. isolated as, as much as possible. We, I think, in our last episode, we talked about how there were no local cases. Well. Hi, local cases. How are you? Welcome to town. They are here. (laughs) There's a lot of you. Wow, you came in droves. (laughs) Yes. So now it has gone from, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store to like pick up ice cream if I want it, to I'm not going to go to the grocery store unless I have to type scenario. Yeah. So things definitely escalate very quickly nowadays. Yes. And so every time we think like, well, this is as bad as it gets and as weird as it gets, we're wrong. Step up to the next level. Yes. So uh, we have both started working from home and that brings to light a whole new level of, I guess, just noticing the way you interact with people and how weird it is to not see people and meet with people in person. Yeah. So I definitely have a lot of respect for people who only work remotely Mm -hmm. or from home. Very true. Because that would be really hard because I know, at least in my experience, like it's one thing to see people and kind of stand far away like it feels wrong and rude and kind of weird and you know I like in a business setting it's weird to not shake hands with people or like those types of things but also when you're trying to have meetings with people and it's weird when going from meeting with everyone in the same room to suddenly most people are on the phone and it's just you lose a lot of those pieces of communication because like even just one thing is a lot of people start talking at the same time because there's yeah. no visual indicator of who's yeah. going to talk when yep, that's so and annoying. when you might interrupt someone. And there's a big difference even from just talking on the phone versus a video chat. And so it's amazing how much you realize that matters. Yep, very much so. It's strange. I noticed in our conference calls this week, um, a lot of people opt to just be perfectly silent and not say anything which is almost even more weird than people talking over each other i've noticed a lot of people like because you just have to expect that if you're in a meeting but you're also working remotely and especially if you're not on a video like there's a good chance you're multitasking Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times you'll address someone else in the meeting and they don't respond for a while because most people are muted but then you don't know if they're actually muted or if they can't hear you or (laughs) if they're not paying attention and usually it's like oh so and so 
if you're talking, you're on mute. Yeah. And like just some weird interactions like that. Like it's not too bad, but it definitely happens. And part of that is people are just out of practice of this. Like the people that work remotely more often are, are better about it. But still, it's just very strange. Yeah. So it seems a lot more important now to be studying people's body language because maybe you can't visit your grandparents, but you can wave at them through the window and you mm-hmm. need to know, do your grandparents really like you? When <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you said, when those things are being stripped away from you, yeah. it makes you kind of laser focus on those things or at least miss them. We yeah. miss them, right? Like Definitely. it's like I miss being next to people and yeah. seeing how they act and being able to, it's like having an ex- extra insight into that person's perceptions of you or like what you're saying or you never know if you could be misunderstood through email or over the phone Mm -hmm. when someone can't directly see your eye contact or like what's going on so yeah I would say complex yeah from my experience like yeah email is great but like it shouldn't be your only form of communication yeah and talking on the phone is great but again if you can video chat which like pretty much everyone can now You should, because it makes a big difference. I actually have some interesting statistics on that. So they did research at UCLA. A psychology professor did research on basically the amount of information you get from different forms of communication. And I learned the statistic in college, and I have been just mind blown by it ever since. And so if you're communicating with someone... Basically, studies show that 55% of that communication is facial expressions or body language, visual indicators. So the second you get on the phone with someone, you're only operating at 45% communication. Hmm. You lose half just by not being able to see that person. It also brings a whole new context to me to like resting bee face or like (laughs) someone with like, you know, there's people out there who have faces that have like just sad eyes or just very dead eyes. And like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it happens, right? Okay. And uh, just having that look or just like, let's say your face just looks like that. (laughs) That's a huge like effect on people's perceptions of you. Like, let's say that puts you at... 20% 20% misunderstood because mm-hmm. your eyes say, I don't want to talk to you. But like the rest of you is like, I want to talk to this person. Well, and mm-hmm. it basically like it makes you harder to approach. Yeah, very much so. Which means there's a good chance people aren't going to approach you and you're not going to communicate with them as much. Yep, it's a spiral. Yeah, but then beyond that, so that's 55%. And then 45% of communication is based on tone and the way you speak. So if you're talking on the phone, you can um, hear the tone or kind of the way they are speaking. Haven't we talked about this before? Probably. I can't remember what the scenario was, but you said something like, and that's how you could help yourself or something. I don't even remember. I have no memory of this. But it basically sounded, I teased you back over, I think we were IMing at work. And oh, I basically said yeah, to you like, right. oh, you told me or something like that <laughs> to make us realize yeah. that. That could have been perceived very rude, but since I know you well yes. enough, I don't insinuate that you hate me when, yes. as a uh, <laughs> insecure messenger, I would say in general, I would probably assume most people hate me <laughs> if I got a message like that. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because, for example, Eric and I, my husband and I, we text all the time and we have been 
for as long as we've been together. So like we're pretty solid at like we know like we can hear each other say things most of the time. Like we can read the correct tone. And I would say pretty close with you and I like usually if you say something I've heard you say that in real life in such a way that I can intuit the tone and yep. what you're trying to say. But if you're messaging a stranger or a coworker you don't know that well or heck a coworker you know very well there's a good chance they don't understand. And so just this week, I've messaged people and been like, hmm, I can assume eight different ways that they mean that or yep. that it sounds. And so it's really interesting because so if you subtract, um, so, okay, 55% is visual indicators. 38% mm -hmm. of the information is the tone, you know, the way you hear it mm -hmm. that leaves only seven percent of the message that is intuited by the words like text like yes. email or yeah. yeah so the words you speak only account for seven percent of the way it's interpreted which means if you're emailing mm. or texting or in any other way writing communication there is like a 93 percent chance that it's misunderstood or it's completely up to that person's imagination of how they read it. Here's a PSA to all those who are sassy out there. Mm -hmm. Sarcasm doesn't deliver over email. It doesn't, or especially when you don't know the person yes. that well. So don't do it. Yeah, That's it's all. not a good idea. <laughs> so yes, I have basically, I'm not the best about following this, but like in my head, if it could be an email, should it be a phone call? And if it's going to be a phone call, should it be an in-person meeting? Because you're just going to have the best results, yep. which does make it hard for people that want to work remotely or maybe their group works in a different office or mm -hmm. city. It just, it makes it hard. And especially like, I mean, most people could probably relate to maybe just family being far away. And so sometimes talking with relatives on the phone and just things are different. Yep. Cultures are different even from a couple states away, the, the way you talk to someone. I know I have relatives that are a couple states away and there must be some different way that people pause because we interrupt each other constantly <laughs> because there's just something mismatched in the way we talk to each other. Wait, which state? Minnesota. Oh. See, I have I have Midwestern family members, but I can't remember that being an issue i, I don't guess. but it's I been a long time since we've visited or anything See, and i haven't noticed it in person but i also very rarely go see them but again when you're in person you can kind of see when someone's about mm -hmm. to start talking mm -hmm. whereas over the phone you don't know for sure oh, oh. and so if you pause too long they might think it's their turn <laughs> yeah or if you're done talking it might take them a second to realize and so it just makes for some awkward communication with people you don't talk to hmm. that often interesting so it's just so interesting and the more you think about it like the more you can kind of piece together how that plays out in your yeah. life because you can think of all the just little differences in facial expressions and things that could be read so yeah i find it super interesting yeah that's really cool um but another thing that's weird beyond just like whether or not you're talking to someone in person or not is also it feels really awkward to stand six feet away from someone and have a conversation oh, with yeah. people. Like I will be first to say it's really hard to not accidentally just like walk up. Oh, yeah. Like three feet away from someone because that's normal. And I actually found this chart. It was just on Wikipedia. But there's this um, chart about what's considered like public, social, personal, or intimate space. Ooh. And so public space is considered 12 to 25 feet away. That's okay. when you're like in the public space zone. You're like sharing a room. Yeah, exactly. Like gotcha. you're kind of interacting, but like not really. And then social space. So probably if you're talking to people. It's like a reception. Yes. 
that's four feet to 12 feet. Okay. Makes sense. So you're already kind if you're six feet away, you're kind of like in the middle of that mm-hmm. social space. Makes sense. And then personal space is considered one and a half feet to four feet. That is so close. I know. It sounds very close. But I guess but, in like a conference room in a meeting, like sitting yeah. elbow to elbow is I mean, kind of common. Yeah. And then intimate space is like a foot and a half or closer. Like you're practically snuggling. Yeah. Which when you say meeting elbow to elbow, suddenly I wonder how intimate I am with my coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Some elbow action. It's kind of nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting because when, so for example, there is this movie. Um, it's called Five Feet Apart. It's kind of newer. Oh, yes. Have you seen it? This I have seen. Yes. Okay. I think it's on Netflix, but it's about this It's got girl. Cole Sprouse. It does. That's all we need to know. That's Moving we, on. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> so it has these young adult kids who live in like a hospital setting or who are getting treated for i think like a respiratory thing yes which is um, all too real right now but because of the type of i guess disease that they have if you their immune systems are garbage and if they get too well, close yeah. they'll die and also because of the type of disease like it's really bad to get each other's germs specifically yeah. like they can interact with other people like non like people that don't have this specific disease like they can hug and whatever it's fine but if you get within six feet that's like the danger zone to mix these germs so apparently that's just like an official six feet that's the hmm. distance of like germ spreading maybe i don't know i didn't know about that before a this movie and b this epidemic yeah i think actually the this is very rough based on some loose interpretations of what i've been hearing lately but i think that's determined based on the like little spitty particles that Mm. come out of your mouth when you're speaking talking yawning coughing sneezing all that it's kind of like the average of safety zone for those air particles mm -hmm. being like able to be consumed from far away well, yeah, by the if you other just person. think about talking and breathing like for example if you laugh that's like a heavier harder breath mm-hmm. i can see that going three four five feet yeah absolutely so, yeah but anyway in that movie the analogy was so this girl basically decides six feet sucks i'm gonna take that one extra foot and call it five feet so it's called mm-hmm. five feet apart so she i don't know learns or knows that a pool stick is five feet long so she carries that around and that's how close she can get to this boy she likes Mm -hmm. and so in my head i've just kind of been thinking like okay i should be more than a pool stick away from people Mm -hmm. and when you think about it that way it seems so far away so far away yep but i also think like okay my brother's like six feet tall can my brother lay down between me and this other person (laughs) and (laughs) that's when you realize like huh i'm probably like three or four feet away from people and it's just it's hard because it's so ingrained in us like the pattern of life and how close you get to someone and so and i mean four feet is kind of like the comfortable distance well yeah that's like the close part of social space where Mm -hmm. you're yeah where it's normal and acceptable where it's like you can hear them very clearly when they're talking but like you also can't smell their breath yeah or (laughs) like for example if you were to go shake hands for with someone which i have shook hands with hundreds of people oh yeah hundreds i've worked registration tables at events yeah there you go that's all germs that's like a thousand it's polite yeah Yeah, it's just like the formal respectable thing to do Mm -hmm. if you shake hands with someone that's like what three feet maybe less probably less if you have really long arms so the fact that your like snotty little hand touches their snotty little hand that's no feet that's true yeah so there's a lot of like yeah don't touch people but that's another thing where 
in a business setting, it feels rude to not shake someone's hand, yeah. especially if you're meeting them for the first time. It's like, oh, oh I don't know how to address you and formalize <laughs> that I am meeting you in a nice way. It was very strange to see that transition because I think in our last like homestead episode where we talked about this, I said, oh, yeah, at an event, um, a lot of people weren't coming and things were like seeming strange but we carried on as normal just a lot of people didn't show up Mm -hmm. and then the next event that we had there was a lot of like fist bumping because people (laughs) didn't want to like but that's still touching hands it is but like the top of your hand is way less dirty than like your fingertips basically the inside of your hand i am hypersensitive to people touching their face right now like when they see it i'm like you're doing the bad thing yep which is bad because i do it too yeah i am not exempt from this but i try to like i feel like, if I touch my face, I'm aware of it, and my hands feel extra dirty yep. until I wash them. Yep. So, yeah, there's just all kinds of stuff like that. And I know our company's been really pushing that <laughs> someone made a really good analogy that it's kind of like gym equipment, where if you touch a space, you wash it after. Yeah. So, like, if you use a conference room, you clean the keyboard after, you clean, like, the handle of the chair you pulled out, like, all that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting to, like, be in a meeting with someone and then everyone cleans their space after or I've been eating lunch in the same room and people like clean their space and they kind of clean like pretty close to the space you're in. And Mm -hmm. it's like something where if it wasn't this situation, it would feel kind of rude to have someone be like getting rid of the germs that you just made. Yeah. But because everyone's in this mutual agreement, it's fine. Yeah. But in any other setting, it'd be like, what, you think I'm gross? It's very weird. Yeah. And like, a lot of the events we do at our company are pretty dang formal. Oh, yeah. And so, like, a fist bump would be laughed at. But yeah. Then or, like, it's elbow like, bumping is a yeah, thing. Yeah. We'll, like, protect you that way. And then we've seen it go to, like, don't touch me, don't be near me. And then mm-hmm. now it's you can't have any events of any kind, mm-hmm. not even of, like, more than two people. So, or outside of your family members. So, it's crazy. And that's been, like, what, two and a half weeks where it's really been in our area? Yeah. It's escalated so fast. So crazy. But, yeah, even beyond some of these, like specific very timely reasons to bring this up there's other things like for example eye contact is probably a very standard i don't know form of communication yeah and like body language thing that everyone has their own comfort level around yeah because i am pretty comfortable making eye contact Mm -hmm. and so i've actually noticed for myself that i make eye contact with someone while they are talking and then when i start talking i start looking the other way yeah because when i'm talking i feel weirder staring at someone whereas if they're talking I, i'm like paying attention it's like a listening thing oh. for me personally i don't know why i've noticed that but no i, I think that makes sense i don't know if that's normal or not but i well i think it is because you're trying to perceive what people are thinking yeah. of what you are saying while you're saying it mm-hmm. but while you're listening to someone unless you're like hyper concerned about how they're feeling i think just listening for the information mm-hmm is all you need out of the audio, if that makes sense. I think you heard it backwards. I look at people while they are talking. Oh. And I look away when I am talking. So maybe then you care too much about what people think. Maybe. But also, I'm looking for those visual indicators. Yeah, very true. So I don't know. But I think it's, I, I think that's kind of a me thing. I don't know if that's normal or not. But I don't know. I, I haven't analyzed that enough about myself to know. I could see it going either way. I think I make more eye contact than maybe the normal person. And maybe this is just the setting, but I used to work in an environment where I would interview people fairly regularly. And I always felt like I was making too much eye contact. And I think part of it was like people were nervous Mm -hmm. when being interviewed. But I used to always feel like I was aggressively staring at people and they were trying, like, 
dodging my eye contact. So I don't know. I I think I make more eye contact than maybe the average person. Makes sense. But I think it's like a listening thing. Yeah. But I can see why it would seem aggressive. I wonder if men or women do more eye contact. I could see it going either way, actually. Yeah, me too. Because... Could be I like a dominance thing. But also I think women Could are be kind like of a better listening, listening. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. But it does seem like to stare at someone while you're talking feels a little aggressive. Like you're trying to like really oh. make a point and maybe show that dominance. Hmm. Yeah, which I, I am not that. a dominant person. So maybe that's why I look away when I'm talking because <laughs> I don't want to seem aggressive. Yeah. I could see that. Another hmm. thing that I thought was interesting was something that was seen as aggressive was pointing. Oh, yeah. At someone. Which makes sense. Like, if you're in a conversation with someone and you start pointing at them, oh, yeah, that's super aggressive. Mm -hmm. But it reminded me that in my first job, I worked at, like, a company that was probably global. Um, And so one of their, like, rules was you can't point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was a movie theater. Like, you would want to point in the direction. Because people would say, where's my movie theater? theater? Yeah, That's the concession stand. That's the bathroom. Like, you would point. But we were taught to gesture with your full hand. That, oh, it's that way. And you basically extend your entire arm in the direction because you basically trying to avoid accidentally pointing at someone and then offending a customer was the way it was explained to me. Calm down. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a little far. Yeah. And so, but that has been ingrained in me ever since. And so for years, I think I've probably broke the habit now. Like it's not a bad habit, but it took years where I would gesture that way. And I, I used to, like, defiantly point to, like, try and get myself out of the habit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I look like a weirdo. I yeah. am a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Don't point. <laughs> I'm not going to gesture both of my arms to the exit of my room. <laughs> yeah, it just feels, like, formal and weird. Yeah. But, yeah, just, that. like, weird things like that that you don't really think about until you're told not to do it. Yep. Very strange. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's tons of different forms of nonverbal communication and body language one thing that i thought was interesting is that there's a whole like there's a specific term for the interpretation of body language called kinesics and that's the interpretation of body motion communication such as facial expressions gestures nonverbal behavior related to movement or any part of the body that kind of adds to that communication and, and that's I something that was interesting yeah that's super interesting to me is actually funnily enough i was on tiktok today (laughs) oh yeah that never happens (laughs) (laughs) i'm on tiktok every day but anyway today while i was on it uh there was this girl and she did a tiktok where she said here's a practice on intuition and she was kind of more on like the hippy dippy kind of what would you call it like medium you could tell she was you know like a psychic or a medium medium, or someone who was an intuitive person or whatever kind of in that spiritual way like reading your mind almost yeah So she said, and I'm going to test you in this TikTok. I'm going to say two truths and a lie. Mm. And then tomorrow I'm going to tell you which one it is. So there's some anticipation. Mm, It was a really good TikTok. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and then I did it. And then thankfully it was already the next day when I saw her original TikTok. (laughs) So I went and checked and I was right in my head. So I was really excited about it. It's funny that we decided on this episode because... I looked up some of the, like, body language for people who are liars, but I wanted to, like, test us first. And again, like, this isn't, like, an official, like, real study because it's just the two of us and we're only going to do one Mm -hmm. round before. So I figured you could give me two truths and a lie. I could give, give you two truths and a lie. And then I could go through, like, the body language or, like like the deep dive into Mm -hmm. the like what lying looks like 
and then we could play again with a different round of them mm-hmm. and see if maybe we do better. I'm on board. So That sounds fun. I'm just going to have to think really long and hard about something that you don't know about me. Yes. They have to be like subtle nuances about like really little things about yourself. I mm-hmm. I had to get pretty specific with mine. I will start. Okay? Okay. You ready? Yes. I had a pet chicken named Sunny. I am allergic to mustard seed. I got my first pet when I was one years old. Is it the mustard seed? Yes. (laughs) That could just be because you know me too well. I wasn't sure. But did you see something on my face? Did you purposefully blink more? No. (gasps) That's crazy. You paused longer after and you like blinked either more or more intensely or something. That's probably it. And That's then crazy. I thought about it and I was like, I have, I think you've eaten mustard in front of me. I wasn't sure on any of them. Actually. I don't think I've you ever eaten good mustard job. in front of you. I can't say you have. Because I hate mustard. So I figured mm, there might be a I feel area. like people are very vocal about things they're allergic to. True. So I don't know. But I, I wasn't sure. That's funny because we'll get into this later, but, uh, Fast blinking is one of the ones literally listed. Really? Yeah. So, okay. So it was in the middle. So you blinked kind of in a way that I was like, wait, was that normal? And then no, after it ain't. I paid blink, attention blink, blink. and it didn't seem like you did it as much. Yep. Okay. I'm good at this. All right. Bring it on. Okay. I should probably think of all three before I start. Remember, it's two truths and one lie. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Okay. I'm trying too hard to not be weird. I first tried alcohol when I was nine years old. I used to be somewhat allergic to tomatoes. And I have never lived in a house without pets. The last one. Dang it. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. Why? Hmm. <laughs> See, is what it was because you know me? <laughs> no. Yes and no. Okay. Did you had pets in the RV too? Didn't you? Or it wasn't. Wait. So I said I've never lived in a house without without pets. pets. So I have lived yeah. in a, pa- a house without pets. You had like the bunny in the RV too. Uh, I don't think we lived with the bunny in the RV, but you had a dog. You had a yes. cat. We had two cats, <laughs> or sorry, two dogs and a cat when we lived in an RV for a short period of time. Um, but no, it was when I was probably like four. There was a period where, so after my brother was born, and I don't think I was born yet, my parents had a dog that got jealous of him, so they had to get rid of him, the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or actually, I think it was a girl. They had to get rid of her because they were afraid that she might be aggressive towards my brother. Hmm. So they got rid of her. And then we didn't have any pets for a while. And then we got a little mini schnauzer named Benny when I was probably four or five. Gotcha. So I, the first I, couple of years of my life. So I wasn't focusing enough on your body language. <laughs> I, I feel like you maybe weren't looking at me that hard for like for part of it. I think to me... I can hear tone better than what I can see. I will first say I am a terrible liar. I noticed that like 
you know how people it's kind of a thing like a known thing i think that your voice gets higher sometimes when Mm -hmm. you lie i've caught myself doing that first of all i i mean i don't try to lie yeah but like in in a situation where i'm maybe trying to prove a point like this or whatever um i'm terrible at it i am terrible at it like Hmm. there's a good chance i'll just confess because i feel like i'm gonna get caught yeah when the girl on tiktok did it i i initially knew right away she's like i'm gonna do two truths and a lie she listed all three and i knew after she said the first one that it was the lie weird what yeah and i don't know her obviously yeah and i sat there very very insecure like could that really be it or why but the last one seemed like it more feasibly could be a lie because it's more outlandish Mm -hmm. but also i know that it's the first one and it was the same thing with you just then is that i was like "Mm, i have some context on all of those Mm -hmm. but not enough to certainly say but i could just tomatoes though yeah hmm I tried real hard to think of things we've never Same. specifically talked yeah, about, which, which is, is hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, interesting that we both yeah, got them right. So look out, hubby. I noticed myself. You. I was like, did I blink too much? Yeah. Stop blinking. Blink normally. See, I I forgot when we were doing the two truths <laughs> and a lie that you were looking for my body language. Yeah. Which may have helped a little bit because I could imagine... I am kind of a dramatic blinker. You are. I think. You very much are. <laughs> so I think that would be my giveaway. Hmm. Noted. <laughs> but that so being it's said. It's hard to not think about the stuff and not feel like you're studying for the future. Yeah, exactly. For real, though. Anyway, poor husbands of ours. <laughs> I do wonder that because there's a lot of YouTube videos about, like, how to tell if someone's lying and, mm-hmm. like, just various things like that. And it's like, are we teaching bad people to be worse people? <laughs> I just feel like when it comes down to it. A lot of, there are so many people out there who are like liar liars who lie all the time. Just like for fun. Yeah. It makes me sick. I know. For real. So I think those people are more used to like the nuances and little subtleties of it where they can stay calm about it. Or it's so normal that they like, it feels real. The difference. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll deep dive into it and then we'll play another round at the end because it'll be fun just because even though we already rock at it, obviously, (laughs) but we'll play again. We'll get better. Well, maybe if we're better at it, we'll be better at lying. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. Let's do this. So I guess on average, Americans lie at least once or twice a day, which I feel like it would be more. And like if we're including like fibs, right? Like, yeah. Like who farted? Like not me. Yes, <laughs> like, I do like that dress. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Something like Things that. Things like that. Like, oh, yes, you did a great job at that meeting. Yeah. Something stupid. Yeah. Something stupid where it's like. I'm not going to tell you you look dumb. Yeah. Or sounded stupid. Yeah. Or that you blink way too ugly. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So liars tend to use gestures with their hands after they speak opposed to like during the conversation. So they like trying to make up for being normal. Yes. So they're saying when... When normal people are talking with their hands and they're gesturing around, it's very like they're not thinking so much about what they're mm-hmm. saying because it's the truth that they can just kind of free-flowingly use their hands while they're talking. Yeah. But the person who's lying might be like, they're stiff. One time I walked through the mall. It's because they're thinking about it. And then yeah. afterwards they're like, it was crazy. <laughs> and they like do a little I'm, emphasis if, if you can't tell because this is a podcast i'm gesturing after i speak <laughs> don't worry the chair squeaks <laughs> anyway <laughs> so that's one giveaway is movement after they've made the statement of course 
let me add the caveat that uh, all of these things I list are on a person-to-person basis and you can't just call people out for lying all the time if they do one of these quirks because they might just be an introvert who's bad at talking to people you never know and you never know when someone's nervous because like they're going to be stiff if they're nervous or just different things like that or like you said they're just introverted or maybe they've been working from home and they're not used to interacting with people exactly and then there was a study that found that those who lie more are likely to gesture with both of their hands than those who are telling the truth. Hmm. I think that just goes hand in hand with just being more natural when you're speaking. Yeah. I think someone might try to put more emphasis behind something if they're lying, right? Mm-hmm. You might want to be more dramatic so you're people on believe a show. you. Exactly. Yeah. And then another thing when people are being dishonest, they also tend to face their palms away from you. Kind of like a defense like a, mechanism. Like hiding? Yes. Like they're oh. trying to like keep something to themselves, right? I could see that. If or you, like I could see like your palms are sweaty and you're kind of like, I, I don't know. I can see why you're just like kind of clammed up. Yep. And also they're more likely to put their hands in their pockets or slide them under the table. So I guess that could be in the context of like you're interrogating someone, right? Mm. <laughs> so kind of interesting. Very Also, rocking the body back and forth or cocking the head side to side or shuffling your feet might be a sign of deception. Again, I would say that pairs well with nerves because something with nerves is like tapping your feet, tapping your hand, clicking a pen, like different things like that where you're just like you have energy you need to get out in some way or another. Yeah. And then also it can be a cause from fluctuations in the nervous system. Um, So... You have systems all throughout your body that regulate temperature and like how you feel, pain, emotion, all that. Well, in some cases, if you have like a rush of like, you know, like when you get shy about something, you get a heat wave. It can make you like itchy or like, yeah, like you get the goosebumps a little bit and Mm -hmm. you have to like rub your arm. Well, they're saying that these changes in your nervous system can cause you to itch or fidget because you're uncomfortable in your seat or people who are like when people lie and they have like a flush or their body has like an actual like rejection of what they're saying. They tend to fidget a little bit and be like, oh, got to like itch myself or, you know, rub rub my leg a little bit because it feels like it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and again, I could see being flushed kind of pairs with like being embarrassed or shy Mm -hmm. so again if you're self-conscious and nervous and maybe embarrassed depending on the context i could see why you would feel flushed or like kind of sends a jolt of adrenaline even Mm -hmm. like through you yeah for real um and then another sign is that they might stare very intently while they're speaking or the liar yes like oh. trying to be like i am directly telling you the truth i think that could go with the dominance thing yeah too. like i am asserting that i am speaking the truth and that you believe me but the like opposite to that and i think this might be the male female thing that we talked about mm-hmm. before but of course it's case to case is that so there's like the strict eye contact like we just mentioned or <laughs> there's the kind of reverse where someone is talking and it's more natural But when they say the lie in the sentence, they look away. Mm. And this is like a natural reaction. Like when naturally when you're recalling something, sometimes you bring your focus away from right what's right in front of your face so you can Mm -hmm. like recall something it's like a thinking thing like you look up or you look to the side when you're pondering yep so when someone's thinking really hard about what they're lying about they look away i will say one thing to note with this is i think 
a lot of this would fall in the context of bigger lies. Yeah. Like, you're trying to cover your tracks. Like, I would imagine some of these studies maybe have to do with, like, people who've committed crimes yep, and things. For like, sure. this doesn't feel like a little fib, a little white lie, like, oh, I went to get coffee and I only left 10 minutes ago, not yeah. 30. Yeah. Like, I don't know, something, like, where it doesn't really matter versus something where it matters and you need to keep your story straight mm-hmm. and all of that. I, I can see why the, I don't know, the repercussions involved yeah a big difference and i think of course everybody's like body systems are different another one is um dryness of mouth or sweatiness so Mm -hmm. those are kind of two different spectrums but i get dry mouth i think i do too but also it's kind of nice if you know someone who's very sweaty and they get sweaty in their t-zone area you're like "Hmm, why are you lying (laughs) is this room hot or are you telling me lies maybe you're just getting oily t-zone yeah or that it's already a problem in your life (laughs) (laughs) yeah can relate and then you mentioned this one too i'm so good high pitch voice Mm -hmm. so when people are nervous the muscles in their vocal cords tighten up Mm. um but it's also a response to stress so again all these are kind of like take it with a grain of salt i think I would say it also has to do with, like, almost the desire to, like, impress or make a good impression on someone. Because have you ever heard, I feel like we've probably talked about the idea of, like, the customer voice. Mm-hmm. I have it. Mm-hmm. I hate that I have it. I yep. know when it's happening. But it, it's not as bad now that I don't work in a, like, external customer focused or, like, customer service job. But, like, when I worked in the food industry kind of thing, it was like, Oh, we were baristas together. Nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, we like, were trying to get them tips be a nice barista yeah so it's terrible when you're like mid-sense but also you don't want to go like hi how are you nice to meet you what can i get for you yeah (laughs) you there's some form of like you have to maintain it yeah so i think part of it's i I don't know and then you go home and you go lay in bed and you can hear your own squeaky voice on repeat in your Mm -hmm. mind and you're like who is that person three-year-old exactly (laughs) and then Another one is clearing your throat. And this is like a coping mechanism for dealing with the discomfort of the tightened muscles in your throat from being a freaking liar. Hmm. That one I haven't noticed in my own life. I feel like I have seen that one in my husband. (laughs) That might be like a tough man thing. See, that feels too obvious for me. Like if I were to clear my throat after a lie, it's like, oh, find the lie. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it could be more natural though. Probably, I I could, I can only picture that in men, and I think it's just because men yeah, like maybe. are kind of like more aggressive with their throat clearing. They tendencies. just kind of do things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just like, make they don't their care noises. If it's polite. Yeah, exactly. To make noises. <laughs> yep. And then the last little tidbit I have is sometimes people just get louder, oh. and I think that. I think we've talked about this enough where it's either the the dominance or mm-hmm. the kind of like insecure, please believe me, or you will believe me with direct eye t- contact in my both of my hands gesturing, <laughs> telling there's you like, this is the truth. There's like two types of people here and all the things we've talked about. There's the aggressive, like intense, like we keep saying the dominant forcing their opinion upon you yeah lie on you yeah. and then there's the insecure nervous type that's like Hi, hoping you how are you doing today you look so great in your bikini me too <laughs> like that yeah like that <laughs> those kind of lies uh, but that's all i have so maybe we should play another round 
Okay, I have two I truths and a lie. You might not know about me. I do too. Okay, I am going first. Um, my underwear are white. My toenails are pink. And my favorite color is yellow. Your toenails? Wrong. Dang it. <laughs> underwear? Yep. Not wearing any. <laughs> that one was easy to lie I don't about. Like knowing this about you. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, you go. I got you. So I just learned those and got way better at lying. So watch out, world. Okay. <laughs> Were you thinking about your blinking? Uh, I did after I blinked a couple times, and I was like, "Wait, stop doing that <laughs> a little okay. bit." So I did. I definitely was being more than the first time for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I was aware of okay. it. Dang it. Okay, you have improved. Okay. My favorite flower is a tulip. My underwear is gray. And my least favorite color is brown. The tulip one is your lie. Yeah. But that's not fair because I knew it's sunflower. Isn't it? I don't know if it is. I just know it's not a tulip. <laughs> Freaking ugly tulips. It's not about you today. <laughs> okay, Mackenzie. I do like sunflowers, but I don't know if I'd say they're my favorite. What would be your favorite then if it's not a sunflower? I really like peonies. Peonies. But anyway. So, so you've improved and I haven't learned a thing. Yep. My brain knows Although patterns well. I did well. know that your favorite color is yellow. Oh, you did? Yeah. I feel like I haven't publicly outed myself as a yellow lover, so I thought that was a 50-50 shot. I feel like I've asked. Also, your last house's colors were gray and yellow. Ah, true. Like, it's kind of a... That was just easy to do. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Something else that I thought... (laughs) I found this other article, and I feel like some of this is true, and we can talk about this a little bit more, but this definitely is a very heterosexual article, Um, but it was talking about flirting and the Mm. body language of flirting and it's a male to female body language assessment of flirting. Okay. And when I was reading it, I was like, really? Like, is this a little misogynistic? Probably. So let me know. Wait. Can you, does it say who wrote it? Is it a man? No, I didn't really pay attention. Okay. So, anyway. Also, the list for me- men is like way shorter and the women one is like, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not that into you. <laughs> But anyway, let's go through this list. I okay. shouldn't have I shouldn't have tainted your thought of it before we got going. Okay. Anyway, so for females flirting, it says tossing her head and touching her hair, like ha ha. So dramatic the way you just did it. <laughs> you know, it's like very much a very overdone movie clip. Of yeah, like yeah, just the way you did it. I have heard playing with your hair is a sign of flirting, which makes me very self conscious because I do it all the time. Out of, like, boredom and a habit of fidgeting. Yeah. I'm not into you. Yeah. If I'm talking to you (laughs) or just in a room near you and playing with my hair, it doesn't mean a thing. It ain't about you. (laughs) All right. The other ones are opening her mouth slightly, making her lips wet or... Ah, I don't like that. (laughs) And or pouting to make her lips seem fuller. Like a duck face. Yeah. I don't... I, I don't even that know if it's that. Article, I think it's more it? like a, hmm, hmm, here's my puffy lips. Like pursing your lips yeah. in a sweet way. Yeah. Um, 
this sounds very sexual, but self-touching, like stroking your, your like back of your neck or throat or your own like top of your thigh. Like, ooh. Again, (laughs) I fidget. So like now I'm very much wondering if I like. Well, that's why I'm like, I hope my arms and like like, my neck. Yeah. Like, like, I don't wrote this. They might be like, she, everyone is so into me. (laughs) Girl enters room and exists. Him. She loves me. (laughs) Um, but there's a bunch more. So holding a limp wrist as a sign of submission or exposing her wrists as a sign of submission. Like, oh, will you hand me my purse? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Also, sorry, guys. I'm like acting these out. It's no good for you because you're just it's listening. It's very good for me. <laughs> um, and then another one, a classic. And I know I do this one, which is so cliche, but I do it because it's cliche is Holding up one shoulder and then mm-hmm. glancing over it with your eyes like, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> but that it's not like a subtle flirtation. It's like a trying to be cutesy kind of thing. Yeah. I do that to my husband when I'm trying to get my way. I mean, <laughs> I much. think you've done that to me. Yeah, probably. Um, and then this one got me. This one got me. This We're only halfway through the list. Playing with cylindrical objects. What? Like what? No. Like what? Like a cup. Or oh. like a pencil or like a... Okay, this the shape probably doesn't matter. And again, I fidget with everything. <laughs> she just took a drink out of her glass at dinner. She wants she me. She touched her cup. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then wiggling her hips when walking. I could see that one. I feel yeah. like I've strutted before. Yeah. Mm, 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 like mm, if mm, I mm. notice people are walking behind me, I, I start to be very aware of the way I'm walking. Yeah. And like suddenly Is that too maybe, much sway? Is that not enough sway? Yeah. Do <laughs> what I, I look think? like a stick or do I look like I'm trying too hard? Yeah. Um, And then this one, again, uh, caressing her handbag. Huh? No. These are just like functions of life. Yeah. Like she's holding her bag. Yep. She's drinking a cup. Yep. Um, Pointing her knees towards him. Stupid. Well, it's subtle, but that's one I, I feel like I've heard of before that I could see is like just like having your body language directed at the person you like. See, but I've heard, and I don't know if this is like a real thing. It was just on a show, but point like if a guy points his feet towards you, it's like if he's talking to you, he's probably pointing his feet at you. Yeah. Like that's not abnormal. It's just having a conversation with someone. You know, it's a cool one that I've learned and I don't have any backing behind this, but I think it's true is... When you're in a group setting and someone says something funny, you are more likely to look at the person you like the most in the room. That's 100% true. Yeah. 100%. I'm sure we've done that all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I do it, like, if Eric's in the room, I'm going to look at him. Yep. Like, today I did it. I laughed in a meeting and I looked at the person I liked the most. Yeah. Yep. All the time. It's just, yeah, it's kind of like a bonding thing. Like, oh, you found that funny? I found that funny too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, slowly crossing or uncrossing your legs. As opposed to quickly? Mm, yeah, I guess so. Gosh, now I'm, I think I move too much. Yeah. See, like I said, let, let, let me read the guy one. That's the end of the okay, girl yeah, list. Yeah. Um, That'll help provide context. And would, First, I'll say, I don't think the guy and the girl one really would be that different. Yeah. Because well, I see men fidgeting with things all the time. Very true. But maybe that isn't his flirting. That's just him being nervous. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like this article might be a whole bunch of crap. But it's, let's. It's interesting things to think about for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
So it says the most aggressive signals of male flirting in body language include thumbs in belt gestures that convey authority. <laughs> so, I'm imagining like a really gross old man with yeah, pleated, like pleated slacks on. Towards yeah, you. like let me tell you about yep. my day. <laughs> so we are like thinking that. of the same general thing. <laughs> I was thinking that or like a PE teacher. I don't know why. Yeah, no, those both are accurate. Neither of them are pleasant. Nope. If you're flirting this way, stop, stop. immediately. <laughs> yes. We do not like it. It's it's not working. Nope. You're an old fat peach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many pleats in your pants. It's weird. Yep. Um, and then so they're saying that uh, men like to draw confidence to their mm, crotch area, which again thrusting hips in your thrusting direction. hips. <laughs> I mean. Should I put my husband on blast? I feel like I've seen him like peacock strut before around <laughs> crotch forward. <laughs> Just like strutting his thing. Maybe I my mean, husband's more shy, yeah. but he does not do that. If anything, like, I, I don't know, more <laughs> self-conscious. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, And then, so here's the one you talked about. He may also turn his body toward her and point his foot towards her. Like, okay, so you're facing the person okay, you but talk if, to. Okay, but if you're talking to someone, it's weird if you're not pointing, like, your feet or in their general direction, unless you're walking next to them or something. Yeah. Here's one that I think is interesting, though, and maybe a little bit more insightful than the other things in the uh, whole article that I've read so far or lists, um, is that he may hold a gaze longer than it feels comfortable I like think that's definitely a thing like, like making that's a flirting point. yeah that, that's like the one saying where it's something like, without I'm kind of saying staring something. at you yeah to get you like to give you the hint to get your attention i've also like, seen kinda. what was it it was some comedy show talking about the comparisons between like heterosexual couples flirting at parties versus gay couples flirt like gay men flirting at parties <laughs> and, hmm. and it was like it was obviously dramatized and it was a joke but it was it was along these lines it was basically saying that um heterosexual couples are so complex and none of what they're doing is clear but for like the the gay men like at the party were like gave gave the other gay guy at the party an up down like where they scan from like feet to head and back down again like <laughs> once that means he wants to sleep with you and then they like leave the party together. <laughs> I feel Super like I've easy. seen that. Yeah, so it could be that easy, who knows. But I feel like that's a direct one where mm -hmm. someone is saying something without yeah. saying something. It's not creepy because they're not crotch thrusting at you, but they're <laughs> but they're giving you a little eye contact, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more romantic. I don't know. And Although I think too long could be creepy, but mm. See, and that's the weird thing about eye contact is like if you're there's a way to do it where you're just having a conversation and you're being respectful and it's not weird. And then there's a way where I feel like your eyes, like if I'm really thinking about it, like your eyes wouldn't maybe be open as much and you're kind of like really, it's too weird to talk about eye contact while looking at someone. <laughs> look at me and but, tell me, Mackenzie, <laughs> look at me. But I feel like your eyes aren't, stop it. are <laughs> quite as open and stop it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> put my head into my mic okay but don't don't hit your head on it because that'll sound bad there's just a diff <laughs> there's a difference <laughs> i am now hiding from jet there's a difference between like that lovingly like 
flirtatious eye contact <laughs> versus just like I'm having a conversation with you and making a lot of eye contact. And it's really hard to explain <laughs> and put it to work. Yeah. And then as we've learned, the more times you say eye contact <laughs> in one podcast episode and you look at each other, it burns. It's weird. <laughs> I'm physically watching Mackenzie recoil into her neck and avoid me at all costs when I thought I was just being normal. She's in love with me. <laughs> I'm playing with you. <laughs> no. Hear you my like words. You, you look like you're going to rip my head off. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to Twilight where Ooh. you're going to eat me as soon as I turn around. I mean, are you Bella? Are you into that kind of thing? <laughs> Maybe. Mm, see? Mm. Who knows? But that's all I got. Let's move on from eye contact. Sure. Those are definitely interesting things to think about. I agree. Some of them a little bit crazy, but also the lying one could be helpful if you have some like trifling fools in your life. I suppose. One thing that I thought was interesting about body language in general, and this does care, like this also affects like the tone and things, is that this also applies to animals, not just humans. Oh yeah, makes sense. Um, Which I have noticed um, with my pets, if you, like if I walk in the door and I kind of like hunker down and put my hands on my hips and point at my dog, they know. Even if they haven't done anything, they know if they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it escalates even more with tone where if you say, like you can say, I love you so much. Yeah. They don't hear the words. They just hear like that you sound angry. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, you're so much trouble Mm -hmm. i don't like you (laughs) they're Mm -hmm. gonna be so excited yeah so that's something that eric and i've talked about just with training our pets that you need to be careful of that kind of thing because sometimes you just don't really think about your tone but they're very sensitive to it Mm -hmm. so it was funny actually there were again i think it was a tiktok that i watched today where someone said about your dogs jumping on you that and this is actually directly related not to tone but to body language is If you want your dogs to stop jumping on you, you have to not, like, have your dog jump on you if they're used to it. And then once they get down, pet them and thank them for getting down. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, not acknowledge them at all Mm -hmm. if they jump on you and completely neglect them until, like, a little bit later. Like, when you're away from the door. I think I saw that same TikTok or a similar one, which I think is probably true. And my dogs jump, so it's not, like, I'm not the expert, but... Yeah, they are very sensitive to that. And it's hard because if you praise them at all, they get confused about what they did right. Yeah. And same with if they did something wrong. Like I have been told since I was pretty young, you can't punish a dog for something unless it's right after they did it. You can't just ignore something for a long time or it's even questionable like if you come home to a mess, like they chewed up the trash, they had an accident, whatever, they might understand but like they probably don't they just know that you get home and you're angry so when dakota and i adopted our so we have one rescue that we got as a kitten and then we raised him till he was about a year and a half then we adopted two more like teenage kittens to have in the house and uh they started peeing on our couch and it was because (laughs) our senior cat that we used to have who passed away peed on the couch so it smelled like pee already from the past and so our new cats were peeing on it well we grew up with dogs in our family and like saw our family like Uh quote unquote train our dogs growing up and so (laughs) we were like okay we got to teach the cats that they can't pee on the couch so one by one we grabbed each cat 
brought them over to the pee and put their face <laughs> next to the pee and was like, don't pee on the couch and like screamed at our cats to not pee at the couch so we could like scare them out of peeing on the couch, yeah. right? Because you think, I mean, I've seen that people do that with their pets all the time. It's a very normal thing to do, but I'm pretty sure I've read that you shouldn't do it with any animal ever. Yeah, yeah. And then right when we got done, we're like, you know, that's not really our style. Let's look this up after Aww. the fact. And they were like, never do this to cats. <laughs> they will hate you for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Just like, we're like, oh my god. Like, we're they so also, sorry. But like, they also say to not train with squirt bottles. Yeah. And you know what? You gotta do what you, you gotta, gotta do. do. What you gotta do. <laughs> Sometimes Ugh. nothing else works. Yep. Today, working from home, I was trying to get some work done in my office. I have some posters hung up in there, and one of my cats likes to pull thumbtacks out of the wall. <laughs> and so I spent like a good amount of time today shaking a water bottle at her yeah. to try and get her to stop. She still successfully stole four tacks from my posters. Wow. She's good. Yeah, it's she's even good. the kind that like they're flush against the wall. It's like the silver ones that are flat. She knows mm-hmm. how to like get her claw in it, right? What? She's smart. That's weird. It's annoying. That is annoying. And then, oh, I forgot about this part. At one point, she was sitting. So my other cat was kind of standing on one of the chairs, and she had the tack, and I saw her drop it right under his butt. And he was about to sit, and I swooped in and grabbed it. He almost sat on a tack, like, pointing upwards. And I don't know if it was sabotage or not. But he's already blind in one eye. He's missing an entire eyeball. So it's just rude if she did it on purpose. Stab stab him right in the butt. (sighs) She would, though. I believe it. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Well, as obvious as ever, we are not experts. We are just fascinated. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next week. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have information to add to this week's topic or a fascinating fact that you want to send us, you can email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com to be featured at the beginning of our next episode. If you want to send us something, you can mail things to us at friendsfascinated at P.O. Box 997 in Pullman, Washington, 99163. We can't wait to blow your mind with more curiosities next week. You've just listened to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.